Emerge Youth. Would you do me a favor? Will you stand up really quick? We just stand up. Hey, how many of you are excited to be here tonight? Would you turn to the person next to you and say, I am so glad you came to youth tonight. Now turn to the other person that wasn't your first option. Yep, the other side. Yep. And say, I still love you. And you look fantastic tonight. Hey, while I have everybody standing really quick, I just stand up for a different reason. I just wanted to do that. Um, the Bible talks about outdoing one another in showing honor. It's a scripture in Romans. And I really do want to bring honor to your youth pastor because I believe you have one of the best youth pastors you can find anywhere. Does anybody believe that in your pastor? Your pastors. Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Kristen, you guys are absolutely incredible. And guys, listen, don't take this for granted. I know sometimes we, we get caught up in everything that goes on in life and youth kind of gets pushed to the back of our mind. I don't know if I'm going to go this Wednesday. I had practice. I'm tired. I'm hungry, whatever. You have excuses. You have excuses. But listen, listen, these are two essential voices in your life. I know we love guest speaker culture. We love inviting somebody in to come and speak. And I'm so honored to be here. But the real rock stars... And the real all-stars are right there. They're your youth pastors. So give them honor. Show them love. And everybody, and everybody in the room should buy them Chick-fil-A at least once, at least once in their life. All right, you're good. Go ahead and grab a seat and give somebody a high five on the way down. That wasn't enough high fives for the amount of people that were in the room. Man, I'm so honored to be here. It took like 10 minutes for you guys to sit down. I don't know what, what happened on the way down, but you made it. I'm glad you made it. Um, hey, how many of you were here last time I was here? Would you raise your hand? Wow, and you came back? <laughs> That's awesome. The Lord does miracles. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm so glad you guys are here, and I have some updates. So obviously, as Pastor Jeremy shared, my wife and I were so excited. We're going to be moving down to Fort Worth, Texas in two and a half weeks to lead and pastor down there. And uh, this has been a crazy summer. What God's been doing in and through our lives has been uh, just, it's just been a journey and it's been a ride. But in the midst of all of that, if, if you remember correctly, last time I was here, we were actually two and a half weeks away from introducing our baby into the world. So we now have a daughter. Would you throw up the pictures of my fam? I, there's one of my daughter. Maybe. I don't know if you guys got there. Okay, so that's the whole squad. That's us. Check out the chicken legs. Shout out. Okay, anyways, those legs. Okay, and then there was another one, I think. Oh, my. There she is. So that's my daughter, Lennox June Bridges. And she is, yes, she's, oh, I had to get her, you know, I had to get her with the, with the, you know, with the perfect lighting. You know what I'm talking about? It was coming through. It was beautiful. Okay. Golden hour. There it is. Thank you so much. Um, so yeah, that's my daughter, that's my family, and she's doing great. She's not sleeping right now. I was up at 2 o'clock in the morning last night, so a little tired, but um, man, God's been good. And hey, listen, I don't want to derail this too long, but as I was preparing for this message tonight, as I was preparing uh, to speak to you guys, I was encouraged by the Holy Spirit to share my first daughter's story, okay? I don't know if I shared this last time, but if I did and you're hearing this again, it must be for somebody else in the room, but if, you, if I didn't share it, I can't quite remember, but 
my wife and I, back in 2020, in the midst of the hardest season of everybody's lives, a pandemic, a global pandemic, we were expecting our first daughter, okay? Her name was River, and she was supposed to be born in November of 2020, and we actually lost her in July. She didn't quite make it. And so I don't really know why I'm supposed to be sharing her, her part of the story here tonight, but the Lord put it so heavy on my heart to share with somebody. And maybe it's just to share some vulnerability, that this was literally the hardest thing I've ever walked through in my entire life. I've never experienced depression except for in that season. There was about three months where I found no purpose in life. I found no purpose in what I even did with my calling. I love being able to speak to teenagers, but it was just sucked out of my life. And so maybe you're here in the room and you're in a similar season either right now or you've walked out of a season like that, I'm just here to encourage somebody here tonight that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, that God is still good, God still loves you, he's actually right by your side, no matter how far away he feels from you, but he's closer than you could ever imagine. And actually, in those deep, dark seasons, I can look back and I can tell you exactly where God was in those moments, even when if I didn't feel his presence. And so I'm here tonight to encourage somebody with that. If that's you, if you're in this season of crazy depression, where it, coming here tonight was a struggle, it was hard to even just get up and, and come to youth. Your, the end of your summer is coming to a close, and you had every excuse in the book to not, to not come to youth tonight, but you did. I'm just here to encourage you, or maybe it's for somebody else that's not in the room right now, but you can relay the message to and just say, hey, somebody told me to tell you to keep going, to keep pressing on, because God has good things for you on the other side of this season. Amen? That's not my message, but that was something that I felt very heavy to share, so I hope it's for somebody in this room. But hey, can we do this really quick? Can we just pray? But before we pray, can you just do something? Can you just take a deep breath in and out? One more time. In, out. By the way, the girl that ran around and won, I, this is going to sound so mean, but I was hoping you were going to pass out. <laughs> I thought it was going to be funny. I'm glad you didn't, but I thought it would been the funniest thing in my life. I would have gave you 50 bucks just for passing out for a youth game. But hey, let's go ahead. Can we, can we pray really quick? Can we pray really quick? Is that good? Can you guys, can we pray? I'm going to need a little bit of feedback from somebody. Can we pray really quick? <laughs> just pray. We're just here to pray. We're just here to pray. All right, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, your faithfulness. God, we love you. We worship you. We give you our all as we just declared in these worship songs as we just poured our heart, hearts out unto you, God. At the end of the day, we just want to see your presence. We want to see you move. We want to give you our all. God, we ask that tonight as we are sharing with, as I'm sharing with these teenagers, God, I pray that you would speak. As I open my mouth, I, begin that you, I pray that you would begin to fill it with words, God, just exactly for these teenagers, God. We love you. We worship you. We give you everything. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. I've got a message here tonight that's pretty specific. It's going to be over the same topic. It's going to be over the same subject. How many of you ever heard this old saying, curiosity killed the cat? Did you ever hear that before? Raise your hand if you heard that. Okay, I titled this message something a little bit different, but I did definitely rip it from that old saying. And the title of this message is Comparison Killed the Cat. Comparison Killed the Cat. Now tonight, I came here on mission to speak to you guys about something that I believe is robbing your generation of your diversity and robbing your generation of your creativity and robbing your generation of the gifts that God has placed in your heart, which is this giant that we just declared about in worship. There are giants in our lives, walls that need to be broken down, and one of them is the name of comparison. Comparison is slowly 
taking out your generation. Why? Because we live in a completely social media driven era. And it's just something that I think right now is being overlooked because of the fact that it's so common for us to look at what other people are doing in their life and say, why am I not doing that in my life? And it's not how God designed you to live. God loves to, obviously God loves for us to, as I just did with, with Jeremy, and, and show honor to one another, but God didn't create you to be a copycat of somebody else. He created you uniquely. He created you in mind, and he didn't make an, he didn't have an, there was no accidents in making you. He made you on purpose. And so tonight, as we share from this subject of comparison, I want to speak to two people, a boy and a girl, (laughs) not individually, but the group. Boys, you probably automatically have closed yourself off to this message because you say this is probably more so for the girls of the house, right? I don't compare myself to other people. And can I tell you how wrong of a mindset that is? Because you're looking at somebody right here who has very much so struggled with this giant of comparison. And a matter of fact, it wasn't until about two and a half years ago where I was sitting in a counseling session and I had an epiphany that a lot of the things that I've actually done out of my life have come from this mindset of comparison. And I was honestly pretty sad to realize that. Because I realized that God was telling me something. God was telling me, as I just told you, I didn't create you to be somebody else. I made you to be you. And so tonight you're here and you're here and you're thinking to yourself, maybe if you're a guy, oh, I don't know, this isn't for me, this isn't for me. But I want to, as we go through this message tonight, I want you to consider yourself in this. It's okay to be a little bit selfish sometimes when it comes to hearing words of the Lord because we have to know if it's for us or not. So as you sit there and you think tonight, is this word for me? It could be. If you live from this mindset of comparison. Now, the girls of the room, this is something that I do believe is a little bit more prevalent on social media. It's a little bit more evident that you've we've lived in this culture for so long of comparison. How how do I look compared to her? Or how do I look compared to this? And then you fill in this unrealistic expectation or standard that you're supposed to be living up to. And then you come to find out that the person that you're actually living up to that standard to is probably living up to another standard even higher than that one. We find ourselves in this culture today where comparison is doing a lot of things to you guys in your minds and it's shaping you at a young age to believe that you're supposed to be somebody that you're actually never called to be. But I have encouragement for you tonight. If you're searching for acceptance, I know where you can find it. If you're searching for acceptance, I know where you can find it. As I said a little bit ago, I began this message because I realized the personal battle that I was in with this idea of comparison. As I got into ministry, I was so excited and my, my heart and my vision was, how do I reach teenagers in, my, in, my, in the area that God has called me to reach, right? That, that was the original goal. That was the original vision. That was what I know that God put on my heart to do. But it only took a couple months, Jeremy, until I stepped into ministry. And then all of a sudden, I start following other pastors on social media. And I start following other youth ministries on social media. And then all of a sudden, I begin to look at my life and my ministry and go, this pales in comparison to what God is doing in their life. This pales in comparison. We only had 30 kids at youth tonight. They had 60. And this ESPN, let me know what it is. Who got traded? Let's find out. I'm kidding. Guys, that was supposed to be funny and nobody laughed. So, all right. All right. 
Thank you, sir. Your reward in heaven will be splendid. <laughs> All right. All of a sudden, I begin playing this mindset, this game of how do I get like this pastor or how do I get like this person or, or why do they dress so much better than I dress or, or how come so many more kids are coming to their youth ministry or, or how, many, how, how come their social media graphics look so much better than our social media graphics or how can I blank, fill in the blank, right? And suddenly we're playing this game that God's like yelling at me, like stop comparing yourself to other people because I didn't design you to reach the people that are in their area. I designed you to, to reach people in the area that you're in right now. And it was an encouragement for me to know God actually is using me, but I'm so blinded by whatever, uh, what everybody else is doing, I can't even see what he's doing in my own life. And for you tonight, Yours is probably not a youth ministry, although it could be, but yours is probably more like your high school and the people that walk the halls with you or your social media account and the people that you follow. And you're so obsessed with the lifestyle of them that you begin to try to live your life the way they live their life. But instead, God's called you in a certain way to, to live out your life in the way that he's called you to live it. There's a passage here in scripture that I want us to, to lean on. Well, there's two, but the first one's in Galatians 1.10. If you got your Bible, head to Galatians 1.10 ESV. Turn to the person next to you and say, did you bring a Bible? Are you convicted? Okay. <laughs> it says this in Galatians, for I am, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Let's just ponder on that for a second. I'm going to read that again. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? This is Paul writing here in Galatians. And he's, encouraged, he's encouraging the church in Galatia. Like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, you were never, ever, ever designed to please other people. You were designed for the pleasure of God. Why do we worship? Why do we worship at the end of the day? Why do we sing these songs? Why do we lift our hands? Why do we jump up and down? Because it pleases the heart of God. Even if it doesn't look normal to man, at the end of the day, it was never designed to please man. It was designed to please the heart of God. Why do we lift our hands? I don't know. God's into hands. So here they are, God. <laughs> I'll lift them as high as you want them to go, okay? Because Paul is trying to show people that, listen, the gospel is going to be offensive to people. The gospel is not going to be accepted by everyone. But at the end of the day, you were not designed to please other men. You were designed to please the heart of God. Somebody say amen. amen. You were designed to please God. If I, if I were still trying to please man, I would not even be a servant of Christ. Man. Wow. If I were trying to please man, I would not even be a servant of Christ. Why show up week in and week out if we're here to please men? Why show up weekend and wait? Like, why would you show up and sing these beautiful worship songs if it was for man? It's not. It's for the heart of God. So why do you keep people in mind whenever you're singing? Why do you keep people in mind whenever you're worshiping? Why do you keep people, other people in mind when you're doing something that's unto the glory of Jesus? I wouldn't even be a servant if it were to please man. If I was up here to please men, I'd drop this mic right now and I'd walk out and I'd let Jeremy finish the night. I'm not here by accident. I'm not here just to say a bunch of fancy things from, from the floor. I'm, I'm here tonight, hopefully, on mission 
to share to you the gospel because I believe it's what God's called me to do. And when I walk in my calling, it pleases the heart of God. And for your life, you're called to reach your high school. Who cares what other people think? You're called to reach your community. Who cares what other people think? We're not here to please the heart of man. We're here to please the heart of God. If that resonates in anybody's heart, would you say amen? amen. There's another verse I want us to lean on here in Ephesians 5.1. Turn to the other person that wasn't your first choice when I asked you to go to a scripture and say, did you bring your Bible? Raise your hand if you brought a physical Bible. Congratulations, you have a mansion in heaven. All right. <laughs> Ephesians 5.1. Therefore, somebody say, therefore, be imitators of people. Sorry. Nope. I misread that. Therefore, be imitators of as beloved children. Turn to the person behind you and say, I'm a child of God. And say, so are you. Okay. I got a question. 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 Okay. Did anybody here, does, does anybody here, or did you grow up watching WWE? Did just, do you currently watch it? Do you currently watch it? Raise your hand if you currently watch it. Okay. It's fake, just so you know. I just want to let you know it's fake. Spoiler alert. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's fake. Now, now listen, listen, listen. Are they really, really good actors? Yes, they are. Yes, they are. But listen, at the end of the day, you can't fake gravity. You can't fake gravity. So when they jump off the ladders, it's, it's real, okay? But it's fake, okay. Growing up, I was a fanatic. I was obsessed with the WWE and, and Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. I mean, this is my childhood. This is what I spent hours on end watching back when YouTube was like, this sounds old. I'm 26. I'm not old. But YouTube was like, it was not what it is today at all, okay? And Instagram didn't exist, okay? But social, like, listen, YouTube, I would just be watching videos on, on video, on video, on video of like these WWE superstars. And the Lord blessed me with a little brother who's five years younger than me. So growing up, you better believe it was Monday night, Raw and Friday Night Smackdown in my house Monday through Sunday. I mean, we were doing the WWE thing like crazy. And I didn't just like watch WWE. Like I wanted to be a WWE superstar. That was my dreams, goals, and aspirations. Now I'm a pastor, which is really close, but it's not, it's not the same. I wanted to, like I obsessed over these people. Like, which sounds really weird because it's a bunch of guys in, like, tights fighting each other, like, wrestling around. That's it's either here nor there. But listen, I looked past that. I was like, these guys are jumping off of these giant ladders. And where did they even find ladders that tall? Them things went to heaven, basically. And I'm like, what is going? Like, these guys, like, this was, I wanted to be them so bad. And like I said, I have a brother who's five years younger than me. So when I was 10, he was five. Guess who won every single match? Your boy, your boy. Listen, you can call it weight advantage or you can call it skill. At the end of the day, I was winning, so I don't even want to hear it. Me and, me and my brother would fight day and night. Like, it, it was so unprovoked. We'd just be sitting on the couch. I'd just be sitting on the couch minding my business, and all of a sudden, I got this five-year-old on my neck just putting me in a chokehold trying to get me to go sleep. I'm like, oh, my God. So then, you know, it's go time. Well, one time, I'm going to share this story real quick. One time, <laughs> we were... We were doing WWE in our living room. We were just going at it. We had all types of moves. And 
we had all time. We made up our own everything. Like we had base. I had the belts. Guys, I was obsessed. I had the belts. I'd be walking around my house. What was my name? I just went by my, my name. It was just, it was just Drew. It was just <laughs> kind of lame. So we're like, we're going at it. We're going at it. I, this is, I'm in like fifth grade. I'm 10. My brother's like five. And uh, we had this like rocking chair in the corner of our living room. And that was like the ropes. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the ropes. So I'd throw him up against, and like he'd run up on the rocking chair, and then he'd run back down it, and he'd come back to me every time I'd like throw him or whatever. Well, one time, I threw him a little bit too hard, and he goes to jump up on this rocking chair, but his legs, he had the speed wobbles, you know what I'm talking about, like when he's going a little bit too fast. He goes to jump up on that chair, and his foot catches the lip of the chair, and I forgot to mention this, there's a brick wall behind the, behind the, the chair smacks his forehead on this brick wall. And guys, he was past, he, knocked, he got knocked out. He was literally knocked out in the living room. My mom was at work. I thought I killed my little brother. I was sitting here looking, I was looking at his lifeless body on the floor. And I'm thinking like, I don't, he didn't have life insurance. Uh, there are so many, I mean, I'm like, I'm thinking through all of the process of how we're gonna, like, I'm gonna have to get a casket. I can't afford that. I'm 10 years old, like, <laughs> And then he woke up, and I was like, it's a miracle. Jesus is alive. The Lord is good. Look at him. He's risen from the dead. I literally was convinced I murdered my 10 or my 5-year-old brother doing WWE. We made up. Guys, my mom wasn't home, like I said, but he had this fat welt on his head. There was no way we were making up, hey, he fell. Like, no, he didn't fall, guys. Where did he fall from? Like, Africa? Okay, so that didn't even make sense. So I'm like, I'm like, DJ, DJ, we got to create this elaborate story on how you got this bump on your head because there's no way we're telling mom we were doing WWE while she wasn't home. Like, how many of you know that? You have siblings and you're like, there's no way we're telling mom. No way we're telling mom. So we come up with this bomb story. Guys, I have never in my life done such good playwriting for what we just created. We created this script I mean, I could have submitted it into Broadway and it probably would have passed. It was so good. I made up this crazy story. He ran outside and he tripped on the, you know, the concrete, whatever. It was, it was amazing. The moment my mom walks in through that front door, mom, Drew threw me up again. Like he just, he snitched, guys. He snitched and I was grounded. And that was that. And you're probably wondering to yourself, what does this have anything to do with your message? The answer is, I don't really know. But listen, I'm kidding. We compare, I was comparing myself. I was literally trying to imitate these WWE superstars, which is so dumb. But now, fast forward in life, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the WWE stuff. I'm done with all of that, okay? I laid that down when I was like 12. Gave it a rest. I gave up on my dreams to be a WWE. Could have been the greatest ever, but I'm not. Instead, I do youth ministry, and I love it. And I, and I wanted to, to, to illustrate a point here that we're comparing ourselves to something at all times. You are comparing yourselves to a lot of things. A lot of us do. We, we compare ourselves to a lot of things, or we, or we try to imitate other things. We try to, limit, we try to imitate other people. And I want to I just hone in on three points tonight, three points about comparison, three points. The first one is simple. Comparison will keep you from the fullness of your gift from God. Comparison will keep you from your fullness of your gift from God. How can you focus on what God has called and destined you to do if all you ever do is compare yourself to what other people are doing around you? 
it's a good time for an amen. How can you focus on what God has called you to do if all you're ever doing is focusing and comparing yourself to what other people around you are doing? You have a gift that God placed in you that's unique to your identity, and you're concerned about what somebody else can do. You have a gift. Every single person in here has a gift that's unique. We highlight gifts in church culture, pretty pop, like it's pretty popular. We highlight certain gifts over others. Can he preach? He's so gifted. Can she sing a song? She's so gifted. And those are both true. But everybody in this room has a gift. It may or may not be preaching. It may or may not be singing. It may or may not be playing an instrument. But you have a gift from God. And you're only going to discover it. And you're only going to walk it out in its fullness if you stop comparing yourself to other people's. Could you imagine if Pastor Jeremy, whenever he got into ministry, looked at worship leaders and all he ever did was talk about how good worship, worship singers are? Man, they're so good. I wish I could sing like them. Man, that guy on the bass is crazy. Man, the guy on the drums can play. Those fills are crazy. Man, the dude that can lead in worship, how is he even playing guitar and singing at the same time? That's crazy. All the while, God is saying, I've called you to lead teenagers to Jesus. All the while, God has said, this is what you're called to do. And imagine if he would have spent all that time focusing on what other people are doing in a gifting that's not even his, he may never have come to Kansas City to lead Emerge Youth. So for your life, there are people in your world on your social media accounts. There are people in your world that walk the same hallways as you. There are people in your life that you've known for years and all you ever do is compare yourself to them. But at the end of the day, God is saying to you, I have a gift inside your heart that I gave you that I want to see walked out and see it come to fullness and completion. But that's only going to happen. It's only going to happen if you stop looking at what other people are doing and focus on what I've called you to do. I've called you to lead a small group. I've called you to preach the word of God, not necessarily from a platform, not necessarily with a mic in your hands, but maybe at your local high school in your classroom where there's a kid that sits next to you every single day who never wants to talk to anybody around him and he looks always super sad and everybody picks on him and they make fun of him because he looks socially awkward, but yet I've called you to reach that student. I've called you to share the gospel with them. I've called you to love them. I've called you to show him the light. I've called you to walk out and share the gospel with this student. That's what I've called you to do. But all you care about is the person that can stand up and can speak in front of people. God has put a gift in your heart. He's put a gift in your life. And he wants to see it come to the fullness. But it only is going to happen if you stop comparing yourself to other people. What would it look like if the children of God got so caught up and obsessed with how God views them and the purpose that he has destined for them instead of what, what so-and-so is doing? What would it look like if the church, if the church got really obsessed with, that's you guys, the church, you guys are the church, got really obsessed with, man, what's God doing in my life today? Not what, what is God doing in Drew's life? Not what is God doing in Rob's life? What is God doing in my life today? Because I guarantee if you take this posture, it becomes really hard to compare yourself to what other people are doing. Because you're going, God's doing this in my life, and I'm content. I'm very content. My second point, 
Comparison's only gonna do, do two things. It's either gonna cause insecurity or it's gonna cause pride. <laughs> I'll say it again. Comparison is either going to cause insecurity or it's going to cause pride. What do I mean by that? You start comparing yourself to other people, and we highlight this one a lot. You start feeling really insecure about yourself because you're comparing yourself to other people. And you may be sitting there, and you may, go, you may be going, man, like, this girl on social media, like, Wow, she's so, she's so pretty. She's so attractive. Look how many likes she's getting on social media. Look how many comments she got. All her comment section is flooded with, you're so pretty. Oh, my gosh, you're beautiful. Nobody ever comments that on my photos. Then you comment something stupid like, can I be you? Girls, can we stop saying that, please, by the way? If I see another comment of a girl saying, can I be you, I'm going to reply in all caps and say, no, you cannot be her. You can be the person that God's called you to be, which is beautiful in your own unique way. That's what you can be. We're really obsessed with these things. And then all of a sudden we start getting so insecure about who God's called us to be because we're comparing ourselves to other people. Guys, we do this too. We see other guys who are maybe a little bit more gifted and talented than us on, on, in sports. Or you see another person and their girlfriend is really attractive and you can't even get a girl to text you back. And you're so insecure about who you are. Because you're comparing yourself to other people instead of just going, I'm content with who God's called me to be. <laughs> I'm content with who God's called me to be. You're either going to be super, super insecure or you're going to be prideful on the other side. You start comparing yourself to other people and you go like this. Wow, look how much further along in life I am than this person. <laughs> yeah, life's, life's a little tough right now, you know. X, Y, Z has happened, but at least I'm not that person. Be honest, how many of you have said that? At least I'm not that person. Neither, neither are seen in the eyes of God as a positive result when it comes to comparing yourself. God's not looking at you and saying, wow, well done. You definitely just put that person down because you're prideful. He's also not looking at you and saying, wow, can you believe this? Look how insecure you are. <laughs> it's neither. God is saying, child, I love you so much and I created you to live for me, worship me, and walk in the fullness that I have for you. Why are you so concerned with other people? Why are you so concerned with what so-and-so is doing? I've called you to do this, son, daughter, listen to me. Beloved, as God often calls us. Beloved, this is what I've created you for. Don't walk in this. Don't play this comparison game. It's not healthy. I have to go through seasons where I have to delete social media. <clears throat> Just being super raw and transparent with that. I don't know if you guys do that. I don't know if you fast, whatever you're into. But I go through these seasons where I delete social media whenever I've recognized that it's taken a priority over a lot of things in my life. But a big reason why I do, I do that is because I'm on social media and I see my friends who are crushing in youth ministry. I see them doing amazing things. And these are my friends and at the end of the day, I want to be so happy for them, but I'd be lying if I said, when I look at their social media and I look at the students that they're reaching and I look at the things that they're doing with their youth ministry, I don't go, man, I must be missing the mark. Man, they're so much further along than me. Man, they're preaching all over the country. Man, they just got invited to go to so-and-so's house or they just got invited to go to so-and-so's church. And I'm thinking to myself, when I sit back and I get off of social media, you know when you finally swipe out of the app and you go, 
that was like 45 minutes. I was just locked into a zone. You know what I'm talking about? Be honest. When you just <laughs> you finally swipe out of the app and you're like, yo, what happened? What did I miss? You got 85 missed text messages from mom. When are you coming home? When are you coming home? You're like, I don't know. I was on Instagram for 45 minutes. doesn't matter. I have to go through these seasons where I have to delete social media. And, and maybe that's something that you need to hear tonight, that it's okay to take a season away from social media. You're not missing much. You're not missing much because we're comparing ourselves to people's highlights. You know that, right? I mean, I know we're, we're kind of in an age now where social media, where Instagram, where it's cute to post, post the photo dump. You know what I'm talking about? All the photos, right? Like, here's 10 photos. This is what happened this weekend. Guess what? At the end of the day, <laughs> you still don't even post the worst photos. You post those on your spam, which is private for not everybody else to see. Limited people can see. But you're comparing yourself to the highlights of people's lives. You're comparing yourself to the highlights, and that's not a fair game for you. Because at the end of the day, again, you were not created, you were not designed to be somebody else. You were called and destined to be yourself. My third and final point, <clears throat> band, you guys can come up on stage. I'm starting to lose my voice here. What is going on? The devil is attacking me. That's what every, that's what every pastor and preacher says. <laughs> no, dude, you just got a sore throat. <laughs> <laughs> the devil's not attacking me um, because I'm bought with the blood of Jesus. Amen. Comparison <laughs> Number three, <clears throat> comparison defeats the purpose of diversity. I want to hone in on this point. If you take nothing away from this, take this point away. Comparison defeats the purpose of diversity. We live in a culture where we really do highlight that we want to be diverse. I'm not just talking about race, not just talking about gender. I'm talking about diverse and just having variety of gift sets and having a variety of different things. Like that is to me something in culture that we've highlighted well. We talk about diversity, but we also live in a culture where we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people. Those two can't mix. Comparison defeats the purpose of diversity. How can you be who you're called to be if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people? Thank you so much. Pastor Jeremy, give it up for Pastor Jeremy. Yeah. Come on, a little bit more. That was divine. That was amazing. Okay. <clears throat> if God wanted us all to be the same, he would have never given us free will. If God wanted us all to be the same person, he would have never given us free will. We would all look the same. We would all talk the same. We would all act the same. There wouldn't be different skin colors, backgrounds, hairstyles, interests, gifts. We would all just basically be robots. If God wanted us to all be the same person, he would have created us that way. But thankfully, Jesus made us different. Jesus made us unique. I love you all deeply, but I'm glad that I'm not you. And I don't say that in a disrespectful manner. I say that in a, from a heart of gratitude when it comes to God creating us all differently. I'm glad that I can't sing even though I'd be a serious problem to the enemy if I was a worship leader. I know I would be. I'd be leading people to Jesus. No, I'm just kidding. 
I'm happy that I'm happy that I'm not gifted in that though, because that just means that it's a, there's another area that God's called me to be unique in, different in. It's hard to believe in a copycat culture that you can be different. It's okay to be different. I believe there's a reason that some of you guys are scared to reach your high school, and it's because what will other people think? What will other people think? What will this atheist think? Why does it matter if you reach somebody and they begin to live a life dedicated to Jesus? What an atheist thinks. Yeah, but they have, they have statistics and they have all this, this grandiose explanation. But you have faith. You have a faith in Jesus. And I hope that that person, that, that student so-called student, this made-up student, but they exist. I hope that that student finds Jesus. But if he doesn't, and he talks to you and tries to convince you and persuade you, you're dumb, doesn't make it, you know, da-da-da-da-da-da, whatever excuses that that person can have. I hope that you don't let it discourage you from constantly thinking, what will other people think? Because I can tell you right now, it doesn't matter what other people think when it matters. What matters the most is what Jesus thinks. You're, you're here on purpose for a purpose. You're unique. It's okay to be diverse. It's okay to be different across the board for all of us. And I hope that tonight you take something away. Man, I don't, I don't care what other people, I don't care what they think. <laughs> Respectfully, I care what your parents think, but, <laughs> and your pastors. But when it comes to people in the world <clears throat> that you begin to look at and think to yourself, man, what is so-and-so going to think if I go do this? Man, I'll tell you right now. I don't know how much time I have. I want to share another quick story. But when I was 18, I went to college because I thought I had to. And if I'm honest with you, again, another thing that I felt like I had to do because I was comparing myself to all these other people. Man, so-and-so is going to college here. Man, so-and-so is going to college there. Look at them. They're so successful. They're so smart. Oh, my God, I only got this on my ACT. They got that on my ACT. But if I go to college, it'll show people that I'm smart. I flunked out of college after a year and a half. <laughs> and I felt like a failure, man. I felt so like, man, why? Why am I not as, so, as smart as so-and-so? And then I began to feel this call in my life as I started getting into church. I didn't, go to, I didn't go to church in high school. I didn't go to youth group in high school. I didn't get saved till I was a freshman in college. And I remember feeling this call in my life to lead teenagers and the first thing I thought about was, what are other people going to think? They knew my past. They knew what I did in high school. They knew the crowd that I hung out with. They knew the things that I did. They knew the things that I said. What are they going to think about me saying, I want to lead students. I want to lead people to Jesus. I want to be a pastor. What are they going to think? Man, it wasn't until years later where God got a hold of my, got a hold of my heart. I said, it doesn't matter what they think. I called you. People are going to heaven because I'm using you. My encouragement for you tonight, if you're constantly thinking about what other people think about you, eliminate that mindset. Let God grab a hold of your life. Let God grab a hold of your heart. 
let God come in and single-handedly take down this giant that's in front of you that where you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and say, I don't care what other people think anymore. I want to be a part of what God is doing. I want to be a part of what God is saying. I want to be used by God ultimately to reach people. I have gifts. I have talents. I'm unique. God made me different than how he made somebody else. What's your name right here? Kaysen, what's your name in the Malibu shirt? You're taking notes right now, I think. <laughs> Casey? Kaysen and Casey. Do you guys know each other? Okay, very cool. <clears throat> Anyways, Kaysen, when God made you, he didn't have Casey in mind. He had you in mind. Casey, when God made you, he didn't have Kaysen in mind. I could go down the every single student in here right now and tell you, God didn't have that person in mind when he made you. He had you in mind. Think about that for a second. There's a scripture in Psalm that we all know. We talk, it's very popular. We talk about it today, but you're uniquely and wonderfully made in the, in the womb of your mother. Man, does that not encourage somebody tonight that you were created uniquely? God had you in, in mind. God had your heart. In mind, he had the gifts that he put inside you, even in the womb. Wow, what a good father we serve. What a good father we serve. You're different. Be glad that you're different. Be glad that you're unique and stop comparing yourself to others. Would you stand with me?
But if you're here tonight and you're saying, Drew, that was me. That is me. I compare myself to a lot of people. I try to imitate other people that, isn't, that aren't God. And you're here tonight and you're saying, I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. I struggle with comparison. If that's you, would you just lift your hand across this place and listen, my hand is raised. It's awesome. That's awesome. Would you just lay hands on the person next to you as I begin to pray and close this out here? Father, we thank you so much just for, your, for who you are, God. And right now we're here tonight. We came here tonight to worship you and give you our all, God. And tonight we're saying we want this comparison trap. We want this mindset of comparison broken off of our lives, God. God, this isn't just a one-time break-off. This is going to be a continual break-off. It's something we're going to have to continually guard our hearts against. But tonight, God, I pray that students' hearts would be turned in the right direction, that they would begin to start looking inward at what you're doing in their hearts versus looking outward and what you're doing in other people's lives. So God, with every student in here that lifted their hands, with students laying hands on each other right now, would you begin to speak identity? Would you begin to speak truth? Would you begin to speak purpose? Would you begin to speak gifts over their lives right now, God? Even as I'm praying, I pray that they would feel your presence right now fall upon them and they would begin to recognize I'm uniquely made by a father that loves me more than anybody else or anything else could ever love me. God, we thank you so much for the students that are going to leave here tonight and make a kingdom impact because of what you've done in their hearts, what you're doing in their lives, and it's unique to others. It's unique in its own special way. We thank you so much for what you're doing. God, we love you. We worship you. We give you our all, and it's in your son's name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.